Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Hogman's Game Day Superstore in Fayetteville. Getting set for action. We have had a steady flow of customers coming through. Everybody gearing up for the weekend, making sure they're looking sharp for game one. Arkansas-Cincinnati, a top 25 matchup, one of a few of those this weekend. And obviously high hopes for Arkansas and, of course, Cincinnati still riding that wave of an appearance in the four-team playoff last year. Guy who knows about important games at the end of the season is the former Heisman Trophy winner, Gino Toretta, who has been kind enough to come on with us for a few minutes on uh, Razorback Season Eve to chat about the upcoming year and talk a little bit about Touchdown Radio, which he is the uh, owner of. And we'll be carrying some of their games this season on the buzz. Gino, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Buddy, this is our favorite time of the year. I don't know. You know, we, we make it through <laughs> summer, and it seems like – it, it gets you, easier, you mean you're but you're tired of talking about who's going to be in what conference and and whether it matters if a kid makes a few dollars or not. <laughs> yes, we're tired of talking about the talking season. So yeah, we're ready for actual exactly. football talk. I'm with you. So, I'm absolutely with you. Well, we got We're going to talk about your schedule coming up. You guys have some great games you'll be presenting. We're going to carry a lot of those on the buzz as many as we can get in. We got a lot of other responsibilities related to Razorbacks, but where we can fit them in, we're going to, including Monday night's game with Clemson, Georgia Tech. But um, as you look at the upcoming season, you know, it's Alabama and everybody else, according to many, uh, they're obviously picked number one in the preseason. Uh, how do you feel about the, the SEC representing, you know, the, the potential championship game again? Well, I, you know, I was asked this uh, yesterday, you know, by one of my partners. I was like, all right, uh, you know, Tiger Woods or the field, you know, way back when, when he had his, you know, great season or Alabama or the field. I, I think that, you know, based on you got a Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young coming back under center, you have a head coach who's who's the best that's ever done it, um, and they've shown they can continue to do it. I think that uh, I, I would take Alabama versus the field on uh, on this season. It doesn't, doesn't mean the regular season is going to be great because I think that we, we just have to remember how great last season was because it seemed like every week it was just head scratchers and upsets. And, uh, you know, the, the eventual four were very similar, but really the, the regular season I thought last, last year was just absolutely phenomenal. I don't know how much of a chance you've had to see K.J. Jefferson play, and obviously he's kind of a unique dude. Had a really good season, much better than I think most people anticipated last year. Um, as a guy who did it at a high level and then came back and did it again, what do you think he's going to be going through this year, and what kind of advantages will he have after having a, a full year under his belt? Well, anytime you, you have the experience, I mean, it's just the game. You know, Everybody tell you it doesn't matter what sport you're playing, basketball, baseball, football. I mean, the game slows down for you. And and you know that, and I think that you know with with you know you guys there, it's it it's gotten better. I think that there was some lofty uh, uh, praise early in the season, if you will. Um, we we actually did the uh, Georgia Arkansas game in the you know middle of the year, and you know Oof. they were they were top ten at the time, and you saw you know what a dominant team Georgia was, and and holes that you need to fill. And, uh, and and I think that that comes with due time. I mean, you don't just flick on switches. I mean, hell, Miami hasn't been good for 20 years. And we think, you know, just changing a coach and you're going to be, you know, winning a national championship it doesn't happen like that anymore. you got to invest. It takes time. 
And uh, but I think they're you know they're obviously on the right path. The bad thing is is that path is filled with LSU, <laughs> Auburn, and and Alabama just in their own division. Gino, yeah. there are a lot of people excited about Arkansas around here. What do you think is a high water mark? I mean, we got some fans thinking 10, 11 wins. What could Arkansas do? Well, I mean, could they do that? I think that would be a stretch just based on the division, just based on the conference, how tough their how, how tough their schedule is. If they can get the double-digit wins, I think that is huge. I, I will say this, and, and I can remember thinking this last year, you know, when they came in and obviously had a hot start in the Georgia game. I thought, I mean, my personal opinion in the last, you know, 20-some years of broadcasting games, I thought that was the most one-sided game of dominance that that I've seen a team, any team, perform by by Georgia. And, I mean, um, Kirby called off the dogs, it seemed like, five, six minutes into the game and was running Dean Smith four-corner offense because you know he and sam have have experience and and i don't think he you know really wanted to you know lay it on him which which he very easily could have so i think that you know if they got the 10 with that would be remarkable remarkable talking to gino toretta 92 heisman trophy winner on the brandon moving and storage hotline again also the owner of touchdown radio which we'll talk about in a second uh, you, you already referenced Miami, and we have this debate, I think, every year about whether or not they, they can get back to relevance uh, at an elite <laughs> level. And Nebraska, I mean, they're relevant. You know what I mean, an elite level like you guys yeah. were when you were in school. Nebraska's yeah. got in the same boat. I mean, Scott Frost uh, screwed me last week with the onside kick. I picked them to win that game and cover, and they hosed me. But And, again, there's another tradition-rich program that hasn't really been that level for a long time. Do you see a path for those programs to get back to that level again at some point? Well, I think our path at Miami, I think, is easier than Nebraska's path. I mean, we're, you're you're talking about we're in Miami, Dade County, and Broward County, and down here, you got arguably, you know, some of the most mer- most fertile area for recruiting you can. So, we don't need recruits to come a long ways to go to the University of Miami. They just need to, you know, go out their front door and drive the campus basically and stay home. I mean, I think that you know. You look at guys that that Saban's picked out of here, Kirby's picked out of here. And, you know, those the top programs have all taken guys out of Miami, and I think it would be easier for us to get back there. And I think Mario started to do that. He started to um, beat you know schools in recruiting where you're like, wow, they beat Alabama, they beat Georgia. You know that we, we we've done in the past. I think they've overhyped some of these Miami recruiting classes, and I'm like, well, who would, who are we beating out for these? recruits and when they're not those names in the top five or six you know clemson of the world then i I probably question you know how high those recruiting classes were i think with nebraska totally different i mean you know if you kept every great player from the state of nebraska that still wouldn't fill your roster and and i think that nobody ever talks about nebraska going from the big 12 so then you're going to the Big Ten. And I think that you had a situation where kids in Texas, Oklahoma, where you know guys want to play in front of their families. They want to play in front of their friends. They might want to go home you know, and just see them, even if it's just for a game. And all of a sudden, all those players from Texas in and around where they used to have strongholds in recruiting, they're not playing 
there anymore. And that affects your recruiting. So now all of a sudden you have to then go to where Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, where the schools in a different conference compete and recruit. And they haven't had a chance. And, and you've had turnover at coaching. You know, you, you guys know. I mean, athletic directors think, you know, grass is always greener on the other side with coaching changes. But, you know, perfect example. I mean, how many coaches has Nebraska gone through? I mean, you had Bo Pelini. They were complaining because he'd win nine games every single year. And they, they would die to win nine games right now. That's a good point. Talking to, talking to Gino Toretto on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. The last time we had John, it was a few years ago. I think I asked you about this game, but I wanted to ask you again because I don't remember your answer because I've slept since then. But um, going into the 92 <laughs> season, your last year there, you guys had just they had, had the hurricane, of course, and I know you guys were significantly disrupted. I think you guys even uh, as a team were making an effort to kind of pitch in and help people get back on their feet down there, if my recollection's correct. And yep. I was at the Iowa game. You guys opened the season at Kinnick Stadium, and we're all like, oh, man, you know, they haven't really been able to practice in the same way. They've been distracted. They're not going to be focused. And you know, Iowa had a pretty good team that year. And you guys came up there and beat the hell out of them. And we were like, what just happened? Uh, turns out you guys were really, really good that year. So it, what, what, do you, what are your recollections of that season leading into it before you guys started the season? Well, we had won the title in 91. We're split with, with Washington. And really, we didn't lose anybody. We lost we lost uh, one safety. Our safety, Daryl Williams, committed uh, to go to the pros early. It was a first-round pick. And uh, and we lost Cersei, sorry, my left tackle. So we lost two, basically two players. And everybody is back. That included Michael Barrow, Jesse Armstead, Darren Smith, uh, you know, guys, and Rusty Medeiros, Dar- uh, Kevin Patrick, Darren Cryant. I mean, our defensive front seven, they were just a bunch of beasts, Sap- Sap was, I think, a redshirt freshman, just kind of learning. Um, and offensively, all my weapons were back. Lamar Thomas, Horace Copeland, Kevin Williams, all my all my wideouts were back. So we felt we were stacked going into the season. And then I, I can still remember, we're in the middle of two days, and, you know, you're not watching the news or turning on a TV. You're just trying to sleep in between practices. And my wife who is my wife now, I was just dating her in college, my <laughs> girlfriend says, what are you guys going to do for the hurricane? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, um, there's like a major hurricane, and if it doesn't move, it's basically just going to wipe out Miami or wipe a major part of Miami. And I can remember turning on the news the first time, and when the weatherman comes on, people will die in South Florida tonight if this thing doesn't turn. I mean, I called my coaches. I called the trainer first, and the trainer was like, well, we got to just see if it's high winds first. I'm like, high winds? It's 220 miles an hour. I'm like, that's more than high winds. <laughs> my coach, you know, my, my recruit, the coach that recruited me to go to Washington State, who is now our tight end special teams coach, Dave Arnold, was like, well, we're just batting down the hatches. I'm like, batting down the hatches? You guys are crazy. There's a 15-foot seawall going to basically put coconut grove underwater and miami this is this place is just going to be a disaster and we literally showed up on saturday morning we were supposed to scrimmage in front of fans that day i mean they had like the the carnival stuff outside you know the little portable hot dog stands all this stuff on our practice field and we had a team meeting they said okay you guys are off until like tuesday like basically like Good luck to you. Hopefully you don't die. And everybody just was like ants running out of the, our athletic facility. Fortunately, one of my teammates uh, or and one of my roommates was from Palm Beach. 
the four of us, we got in our cars, and I mean, I had, you know, you had like a few days of clothes, and we drove to Palm Beach. And it would took us, I don't know, four hours to drive, you know, 90 miles. And we just kind of hunkered down there and, you know, came back on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, four or five days later. We had like, I mean, we ended up having like two weeks off in the middle of, of training camp. Had got sent to Vero Beach where the Dodgers practiced. We were practicing on outfields um, before the Iowa game. But I can remember driving back from Palm Beach and, that was where I learned, and if you've ever been to South Florida, you're like, why are the road signs in cement on the corners? That's why. Because you, there were no markings that you recognized at all. Every tree had blown down. There was, there was boats, you know what I mean, on the roads that, that looked like they were driving down, you know, major thoroughfares in Miami that were close to the water. And uh, it was just, it was absolute chaos, but as a team, we felt we were loaded going into the season. We didn't think there was a doubt we were going to win every game, and you know we got till the end. And and uh, Alabama had, had had different intentions against the, against us in the Sugar Bowl, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a great season of memories, but not started off so great with with the city and and everything that happened down here. Yeah, well, for Iowa's sake, it's probably a good thing you guys didn't have 100% focus because there's no telling how bad that game could have been. I will tell you an Iowa story. The two things about that Iowa thing i got to tell you. I remember interviewing Brett Bielema for a show on Sirius, and Jack Root and I are doing the interview. And he goes, Gino, you don't remember me, right? And I was like, I don't know, you're the head coach. I'm like, you know, I, I had no idea where he was going with it, right? He goes, I was a captain for Iowa. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, okay. You know, and it's like, you know, I'm on, on the radio. It's kind of awkward. He goes, yeah, we walked out to midfield, and you guys didn't shake our hands. And I just said, I said, we gladly shake our opponent's hand after after the game. We don't, we didn't shake hands before the game because we're about to go to war, and we didn't think it was it was appropriate. <laughs> I was just like, so Bieleman tells me that, and Mike Wells, who I played with uh, in Detroit. He was like, dude, I remember hitting you so hard, and you threw a touchdown, and I'm on top of you, and you just looked at me and shrugged your shoulders like, sorry, kid. That's kind of how it works when you play <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty filthy. There's no doubt. We're talking to Gino Toretta if you're just tuning in on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Touchdown Radio, uh, we've actually carried you know your games for years now, but you guys got a great slate. Yep. I, I, I don't know how you guys pull these together. I mean, there's so many licensing things. How do you guys get your, your collection of games together, which starts Monday night on the buzz with Clemson, Georgia Tech? Oh, it's it's great doing with rights holders. And uh, let's see, the first one is, is, is good because you're dealing with the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl people. So, uh, you know, you go to Gary Stokan and, hey, is, is the game available? Last year we started with Miami, Alabama. This year we got, you know, Clemson, Georgia Tech. And just going to the rights holders, and sometimes the schools have their own. Sometimes the rights holders control, and just and uh, you know pick out games. And based on heck, my years of playing broadcasting of these are great matchups. Usually we're we're SEC heavy because SEC sells sells nationally, and usually the SEC games are the ones that you know have a team or both teams that are playing for. Uh, you know, for the playoff at the at the end of the season, and uh, but try to get a mix. So, like week two, we got USC Stanford. So excited to see what USC, who's another one of the overhyped, you know, on the way back teams, as is mm-hmm. as is Miami. 
Um, we'll see how they w- look. And then Penn State goes to Auburn at Florida, Tennessee, which is always fun. That rival is, you know, rivalry is great. And then a couple – I don't know who Michigan State pissed off in the Big Ten. with uh, They play Wisconsin and, and Ohio State back-to-back. But they really – we'll know if Michigan State's got any chance early in uh, early in October. So, And then we got Miami, Florida State in November. And then kind of wait to see the upsets because last yeah. year – you know, it's like, I don't want to set the schedule because who knows? I mean, we ended up lucking into we, that Georgia-Arkansas game. We didn't have a game. We hadn't scheduled a game, and I'm like, holy cow. I mean, this was that was number one versus number eight, I think, at the time. So it was, ended up being the best best matchup and at noon on uh, noon on touchdown radio. So uh, it's it's fun to get to see some of the stadiums I didn't get a chance to play in. And, yeah. you know, you see just the fan bases and – you guys haven't asked me about my 99 yarder there in, uh, in in Little Rock. We don't want to talk about that game, Gino. Still, still heard about that one. That was uh, not a good Razorback memory for sure. That was uh, oof. anyway. So you get to play at War Memorial, though. That's cool. I mean, not a lot of guys outside the SEC ever got to play there. That's pretty neat. It was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, it was you know that that was more of an unknown because 91, you know, 90 we had smoked Texas in the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, I was a new quarterback. Everybody, you know, kind of graduated from the 90 team. And it was like, all right, who's, who's Miami going to reload with? And that was the, that was the, that was the start. So it was a, it was a, it was a good way to start, but yeah, it was a great, great environment. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Appreciate environment. It. Yeah. Thanks for letting the hogs get a field goal. Appreciate it. It was really nice. You guys. <laughs> well, it was almost like I, the, the best story about a field goal in 89, we played at Wisconsin. Camp Randall, Barry Alvarez, his first year as head coach, they weren't very good. They kicked a field goal on us to go up 3 nothing. We ended up beating them 49-3 to or something like that. And the student section literally just started chanting, we scored first the entire session. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Gino, we're excited to carry your games on the buzz this year. Really enjoyed having you on today, man. I appreciate it. Have a great season, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again. Anytime, guys.